Welcome to Play on K, your Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're talking about episodes five and six of Goblin. And we are really, I feel like we're really deep in at this point. I feel like we're so deep in and I have a confession to make. (laughs) I can't get behind the main couple, Emily. I'm trying and I can't, I can't get behind them. I can't do it. We're not even halfway through, so maybe, I don't know, there's time for it to come back, but there's also an expectation that we would be more excited at this point. Yeah, I I mean, they keep on having scenes where I feel like we're supposed to be way on board with the fact that they are together, and I just, I'm not feeling it yet, I don't know, I... I always like to give shows the benefit of the doubt because I love K-dramas so much and I hate to say that I'm struggling with one, but this particular aspect of this show has been hard for me. It's got some good redeeming qualities, though. Yeah, there's a reason we're still watching, but it's not the main characters. Mm-mm. I don't know. Oh, and... There's so many reasons that we just can't get behind them. So it's it's frustrating. There's so many cons on the pro and con list right now. Yeah, and it's... They just, they do keep piling up, and I'm so glad that they have some of these really, really good redeeming qualities, which we'll go into. We mentioned a lot last week, like, just these side plots that are so good that they are keeping me really in it but and that cinematography that cinematography they're doing good just the theme song alone right so beautiful that's a piece of art (laughs) but it's is it enough is it enough hard to say yeah we'll see how it goes i mean we'll keep watching obviously we're gonna finish it for sure we'll ride this out i'm happy to ride this out but I mean, if I didn't have this podcast, I might have given up at this point. Yeah, started like 17 more by this point, and maybe finished one of those. (laughs) Found something I liked a little more. I was going to say found something better, but I I can't say that anything's better than this K-drama. It's really well done. It's so well done, and I think that the creators were super onto something i've enjoyed the lore behind it as well i like fantasy aspects a lot and so i'm really into that but the it's interesting because usually i feel like k-dramas are about in fact more often than not they are about the romance part of it like the relationship between the two main characters and this one technically is no different it's just my least favorite aspect of it. Yeah! There's so much more going on that we'll try to get into with with our synopsis of these episodes. But I think we start off right after the cliffhanger. I guess it wasn't a cliffhanger. It was just kind of an ending where they're in Quebec and the goblin says, I think I'm in love with her. Does not show it on his face at all. No. And then cold shoulders her. 
for the in- entire <laughs> trip home. Yeah, to the point where she says, I think I'll just walk home. And he literally says, <laughs> sounds good. I'll drop you off here. Yeah. A whole, like a tuck and roll, get out of the car, get out of the situation. That yeah. It was that level of tense. And I was pretty shocked at how emotionally abusive that was. Yeah. So cold. And it's... It's that thing, Raquel and I were talking just a little bit before the podcast started. It's just, he he constantly says, the goblin constantly says to the Grim Reaper how in love with her he is and how much he hurts, but he's like, I, I need her to pull out the blade and then I'll die and I don't want her to feel sad for the rest of eternity, so I'll just pretend I don't love her. And you're like, you're really good at pretending, because every time you're together, I don't think, I'm not convinced that you love her at all. Right? Like I don't understand why she's still nice to you. There's nothing about it. And then she gets really butthurt and pouts and runs away from whatever situation they're having. And it's always a mess. It's always just an emotional mess. And, yeah, you you can only pretend so far before you realize, I don't know, I really don't think Kim Shin loves her at all. You've yeah. convinced me. Right? It just seems like kind of a sick infatuation at this point, so, like, and like I said, just, it has that overly cold aspect of it, where at this point he's just kind of messing with her. Mm-hmm. It just, it's messed up. I'm not into it. I'm not into it, and I'm not buying any of the, like, love for each other that they claim to have. Right. Which is fine, because she's just a kid. Yeah, and uh, I was was ready for the end of episode six. Yeah. Which (laughs) we can get to later, because there's a lot of build-up to that moment. Right. So much. Like, agonizingly huge amount of build-up. Yeah. But um, we'll, we'll try for this episode to go a little more chronologically. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, right after that, she is walking down the street, and she's approached by one of the girls in her ghost gang. And ooh, ooh, girl gang. The you girl know gang, we love a good girl gang. We are into the girl gang. And so one of one of the girls in her squad... Um, approaches her and asks for a favor and it's heartbreaking. She needs Untak to go to her dorm and fill her fridge with food so that when her mom goes to her room she won't be sad to see that she had been starving. Yeah, which is an interesting part of... Untak seeing ghosts is she never seems to know how they died and you're always so curious you're like did she starve to death what happened to this poor girl you never find out you never find out and it's fine it's like none of your business but (laughs) it just it just raises so many questions and you feel so sad and I think Raquel and I watched this episode together and we both started crying a little bit when the mom is looking around her daughter's room and she sees the fridge full of food and she's so happy and so sad. If by this point 
you're not aware of how destroyed we get by sad moms. I mean, there's there's no moving past it for us, really. Holy cow, that was hard because that beautiful, sweet mom, and then the little the little ghost girl just sat and cried with her mom, and not that and not went, that her mom knew. went to heaven. Yeah, yeah. Which is to say, just I don't know for my pride's sake, we I don't I guess I can't speak for Raquel, but I'm pretty sure we almost never cry at TV shows. Like right, they're just TV. And more often We're pretty than not, chill. when I say like I was crying, it's just an it's an exaggeration of my feelings. Yeah, it's maybe hyperbole. you tear up a bit. Yeah, uh, but these mom scenes are hard. These mom scenes are probably a couple real tears. They might be K drama tears where there's literally only one, and you're stone faced, and there's just one tear rolling down your cheek. <laughs> you're just but... trying to be a K drama star, just trying to cry pretty. <laughs> None of those messy sobs. None of those messy sobs. But still, there's a good tear or two for crying moms every time. Every time. And it's it's really sad. And after that, they, they play it off pretty well with a scene where the Grim Reaper runs into Sunny on the bridge again. Yeah. And these two are just a comedy duo at this point. I I'm really into it. I am always so ready for any scene that involves these two. Yes. And <laughs> they were killing it again. And I think maybe my favorite part is how insistent she is that he provide her his name. Yeah. My favorite part is how ignorant he is to human customs and emotions. That's pretty good. He's a mess. And the, this is why she's such a good female lead and I would like her to be the number one lead instead of the number two lead because they run into each other and she's like you never called and he's like um I will go call you now and she's like no <laughs> you're gonna take me out right now I'm going to coffee it's not how and this works what I'm expecting now is we spend some time which is what yeah. would happen after a phone call. He doesn't get it. He's a mess. He doesn't get it. He's a mess, which is so funny for him. But also, she's such an adult female that knows what she wants and tells him very clearly, communicates a lot, is very rational. And she's, I don't know. Like, she is not there for any, I guess, like social ambiguity like she's not having it she wants answers all the time yeah like what's up here what's going on she's an adult female lead that i can get behind right confident an adult knows Honest, what she wants clear yeah. yeah knows what she wants and is not afraid to reach out and grab it and i'm into it i yeah. like her i love me some sunny and she's always wearing the most beautiful clothes. Holy cow. Just to compliment the fact that she's the most beautiful person, apparently they gave her the most beautiful wardrobe as well. Yeah, I don't... I'm curious if that will come up later, because she she owns a restaurant, which means she might have a bit of money, but it's always empty. So you're kind of like, they could have played it as, like, she's 
you know, frumpier and doesn't can't afford much because her chicken restaurant's failing. And she's like, no, I have money from somewhere. I have some pride and I will show it. And I will show it. And I'm into it. I really like her clothes. Her yeah. wardrobe's always stunning. It's just a little baffling yeah. as far as uh, where she gets all that money from. Uh, yeah, I I don't get it. Um, but I don't know. She's been running her failing restaurant for this long, so maybe she's got some supply she's pulling from. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she makes him sad, mostly because he doesn't understand how to talk to her at all. And he goes home, and the Crim Reaper and the Goblin sit down... And do their bro thing. Cook some eggs. I love their bro scenes. Drink some beer. Yeah. They're, they have that subtle comedy always, where a lot of times they're like spinning dinner knives at each other and trying to stab each other. But, but so many times it's a lot like this scene, where when the goblin gets mad, he turns into, like, fire, he gets really hot. And when the Reaper gets mad, he turns really cold. So yeah. the Reaper's, like, freezing a beer, and the Goblin is hard-boiling an egg. And it's just so subtle and so funny, because then they give it to each other. Like, this is for you. Yeah. Like, you're gonna need this. It's a heartwarming moment. It's so good. It's... Their relationship is so interesting to me, because it's... Got, I don't know, it's what you're supposed to feel with Untak and the Goblin, where you know that he's gonna leave, and you're supposed to be behind them 100%. But it's interesting with the Grim Reaper, because he pretends, at least, that he wants the Goblin to leave. Yeah, but he so does not... And but he's going to be so sad when he does. I think that that becomes more apparent. I know we're trying to do this in order, but this com becomes really apparent in episode six. Uh, when, I think it's episode six, when Untak is like, yeah, I'm getting ready to pull the sword out. And the Grim Reaper is like, what? You don't have to do that right now. What? Yeah. And it was a really cute scene because you can also see the Grim Reaper and Untak getting closer as roommates. So the Reaper is a little bit like, um, what happens if you have to move out after he leaves? And she's like, oh, it'll be okay. And you can tell he's sad. Like, I don't want her to leave. I don't want the Goblin to leave. Like, they're, they're... all so close at this point. They're the yeah! most dysfunctional little family unit. It's lovely. It's lovely. And... I don't know, heartbreaking to watch because you know they're all going to fall apart. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, that was in my throat for so long. Oh, you're so strong. <laughs> so then we have the scene that you find out where Untak got all the stuff for the fridge in in the uh, ghost girl's apartment and you find out that she got it from her hotel that um, Dequa's grandpa has been putting her up in and Dequa gets the charges for it so he gets all up in 
Untak's grill right? about he gets paying real for that salty. stuff. He gets Which... saltier than a gas station snack. <laughs> There's no way she's going to pay for it. I don't know. It's also like, I think they showed the bill that was like $1,500. Yeah. What? Maybe it wasn't in dollars, though. Maybe that's my mistake. But I was like, that's a lot for mini fridge snacks. Right. Like, I don't think, I don't think that a hotel would even charge that much. I guess it's a really nice hotel, though. Like, obviously, I'm not good enough to have stayed in a hotel like that. I don't know (laughs) how much those snacks are. Yes. So maybe. I don't know. But um, I pretty much only cared about this scene because Dequa's sweater was so cool. Right. Sweater game, man. That little weird model. (laughs) He is my life right now. He's getting me through half this show. He's keeping us going with his fashion Uh, statements. Because immediately after, um, Kim Shin shows up and Untak asks him to pay for the bill. Which is classic Untak. But she says, like, I will pay you back. And he does not react. Poker faces his way through this entire scene. It says and maybe the most insultingly unromantic thing I've ever heard a person say to another person. It was real bad. It was, what it, was it? She says, do you love me? And he says, I can if you need me to. That's so messed up. That's so messed up. I don't know how you come back from that. To me, that's like, whatever he does or says later on, I would always come back to that and be like, remember that time you were a complete sociopath? Because I know I do. Because I know I do. Every time I think about us together. Yeah, uh, it's it's a dark moment. And, of course, that's followed up by him saying, you're going to move in with me? And I guess we're cool with that. Yeah, they executed that trope. We weren't sure for like that they were going to hop into, but they did. They hopped right into that living together trope. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to be enacted by him both, I don't know, selfishly wanting to be close to her because he likes her, but more so because he wants her to pull out the blade quicker. Yeah. And maybe a little bit, like maybe like half a percent because she's crying all the time and keeps summoning him. Yeah. So at at the end of the day, I guess it's convenient expediency. That's good. But that said, I'm totally on... Yeah, not romantic at all, but I am on board with it for the simple reason that the Grim Reaper and Kim Shin get in a huge fight about how her room needs to be decorated. (laughs) Oh, and then um, Kim Shin demands to sleep in the Grim Reaper's room. Oh, that bromance. That forced bromance that that I'm so into. Bromance. (laughs) <laughs> I only I think they're a better couple than Untak and Kim Shin. Yeah. I'm just gonna put it out there. They should just get together. But like yeah. I won't force them to do anything they don't want to do. How about they just love each other platonically more than anything for the rest of their days, their infinite days. 
they're the only friends they're ever going to have, so yeah. why try for more? Good for those guys. I don't know. Also, there's the Grim Reaper and Intok becoming better and better friends that I'm pretty into. Yeah, that I've been down with because you see a lot of the subtleties of it, where you know right. technically she's supposed to probably want to avoid him at all costs, but at this point she also trusts him a little bit. And yeah, they go and through... he's a little tiny bit protective of her. Yeah, and it's a it's forming into a very beautiful relationship. They have so many little scenes where they like fold towels together and they're there's one where they're peeling garlic together and she asks why the Grim Reaper found her at nine and again at nineteen. And he doesn't explain it out loud, he only explains it in his head so that the audience can hear. And it's so sad. He's like, it may not be me, but someone's going to come for you again at 29. And he seems very sad about it. Like Because he it seems a little protective of her. Right. He doesn't want it to happen any longer. It's almost an, I'm sorry, but you'll have to experience this. And it's just how your life is going to go. Which, once again, gives me that hope for the time jump I always wanted. <laughs> the time jump but that would fix half of the problems I have with the relationship. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because at the end of episode four, they left off with a a time jump. Or was it three? I can't even remember. They left off with a time jump where she turns around and says, Hello, Mr. President. And... Um, the goblin kind of mulls over that in a few scenes afterwards. So I'm curious if we'll ever find out who that is. Yeah. And if it's the goblin. Right, because he seems to have decided it's certainly not him. And so he's furious that it is not him. And he's decided that that means he's dying once again. So I think they have fixed the relationship by that point. And then it starts all over again. <laughs> we enter the same cycle where they've fixed it, they've been chatting again, going for walks, hanging out, and then he sees that little vision and he's positive that it's the future in which he's died. And he throws another fit where he becomes a total stone. Yeah, and you get it. Like, they make it really understandable for... I don't know, loving someone more than yourself for him to say, I want her to smile that brightly in the future, like nine years from now. I want that vision to be true where she's smiling at a table in Quebec and I love her enough that maybe if if she doesn't think I love her now, she'll be able to kill me and then recover from it. But if we fall in love and do the whole thing, then maybe she'll be scarred forever and won't have those those happy moments. Like, they lay it out so that any idiot can understand what he's feeling. It just... I hate it. He handles it like a absolute disaster, so... <laughs> Why does he have to be like this? Why are you like this? I do want to say, uh, on that scene, though, in that scene... He walks into the restaurant, and there's a waiter that walks up to him to welcome him to the restaurant, but 
I don't know if you caught this. The waiter says, welcome to Quebec. I was gonna... I totally <laughs> wrote that. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't get it. I've never walked into a restaurant and had anyone say welcome to America to me. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Maybe like the restaurant is... walk into a McDonald's and have someone say that. Right. Maybe the restaurant is called Quebec. I don't know. That would make a lot more sense. I hope so. I hope it's called Quebec <laughs> because otherwise it just seems like an overwhelming statement for someone to greet another person with. Yeah. Besides being maybe a little racist, like you can't assume we're Korean. Right. Maybe we're from Quebec. Maybe they're Korean, but they live in Quebec. Like you don't get to just welcome them to their home. It's weird. <laughs> It's weird. I don't know. It was a very uh, not well-planned moment. Yeah. Well, apparently that was at the end of episode five. I thought it was way long ago. I was past the time jump. I don't even care anymore. It's hard. It's hard, especially because we've been a mess through these particular episodes in like this particular K-drama. We're jumping around a lot. Yeah, so sorry if that was confusing. We are constantly referring to the big time jump they do at the end of episode five. Because it, it kind of comes out of nowhere, and then it disappears into nowhere. Yeah, and it's just like a thing. And I guess that solves our questions, because we couldn't figure out if he could see into the future or not. Maybe it's crazy that we couldn't tell if he could see into the future, but I just remember when... In the first episode, when he's talking to the friend, the boy in France, and he says, like, you put the answer two, but the answer is actually four, or something. And that is... That, that was hard. Yeah. That, it was indicative, but I couldn't remember, or I couldn't tell if that was just something he could see I don't know I didn't get it I guess that's right. where I'm going with this <laughs> they don't explain it at all until I think maybe it's episode six where he says you're one of the only people to untalk that I can't see your future or your fortune so oh, apparently that yeah apparently those are the things he can see about people and that's how he grants wishes it's good power. I mean, it's a pretty good power, but also he has a bunch of other powers. Like, he controls the weather as well. Yeah. At this point, I if they were like, oh, and he's omnipotent, I'd be like, alright. Yep, sounds right. Yeah. Seems like he is. Mm -hmm. I don't know. They just keep adding powers, and I'm like, I don't know if we're supposed to keep track of them. I don't know if I really care to. It's like he and the Grim Reaper are playing that game that kids play, where they're like, well, I have freeze powers. Yeah, well, I have fire powers. Yeah, well, I have powers that make your powers not good. I can stop time and you can't use your powers. Yeah, well, my powers include being able to enter your stopped time. <laughs> That's so true. They do that. They they literally do that. And yeah, it's all of those things. It's fine. But uh, I'm not going to make a list of all their powers, because they're pretty hard to keep track of. Yeah, there's no way I'm keeping on top of that. I'm sure there will be more, so... 
I do love they don't seem to have the power to keep up with trends or understand modern technology. Because oh in God. episode five, they get smartphones, and it's it's real good comedy. Pure again in this show. They're so pure, <laughs> like pure in that way that like little grandmas are pure because they just can't yeah. figure out how to use a thing, and it's such a heartwarming moment. Oh man, I loved it. I love Duclaw is trying to teach them, and he says, "We'll start." With the most basic part of a smartphone, the Play Store. And <laughs> Kim Shin has insisted up to this point that he knows what a smartphone is, so we're just explaining it to the Reaper. Like, I'll be here to listen, but uh, don't explain it to me, because I already know. And he immediately gets on his coat and says, we're going to the Play Store. Get dressed. <laughs> and the Grim Reaper is like, oh, right, of course. Oh, my bad. Oh, my gosh, they're so cute. <coughs> <coughs> I have to go through this episode with a fine tooth comb. I don't know what's wrong <laughs> with me. <coughs> okay, I'm back. Okay. I'm trying to leave, like, silence. So I don't know if you're not weirded out that I'm just, like, sitting here staring at you coughing. No, that's perfect, because... That silence will be what indicates to me something's weird at this part. <laughs> so he gets a smartphone, and pretty shortly after is the scene where you find out the Reaper doesn't have a name. Like he doesn't remember it at yeah, all, and that's why it's been so it. weird. And we were wait, we were waiting for it with bated breath. Yeah. For so long, because it feels rude to call him the Grim Reaper, but I think that's just what you're supposed to call him. Yeah, that's what he is in, like, the character description, or the the synopsis of the show. So I guess that's going to be basically his real name. I don't know. He gives Sonny a name eventually that Henrik Keller pretty sure is a famous actor or character. Yeah, that was a cultural reference I missed. I didn't. Yeah. And I, like, that's fine. I just, it comes up a couple times and every time I'm like, I'll just assume that if I knew more, I'd laugh here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few scenes where Untak tries to give the Reaper, some name suggestions, and you assume you're supposed to get the joke, and we just don't. So, um, if any listeners out there understand the joke and want to explain it, we're all ears. Yeah. Like, if there's some people by these names, I don't know. I don't know. And then, uh, at some point, drops... And talk off at her work at the chicken place. And that's an interesting thing because we've kind of jokingly said that we want Duquan and Talk to get together. And once he drops her off, he, in a previous scene, said that he owns that building and wanted to shut down the chicken restaurant and like sell it mm-hmm. to his secretary. Like he said that to his secretary. He didn't want to sell it to his secretary. But. When he realizes that Untak works there, he decides not to sell it, which is an interesting 
character development. Right, like him thinking about someone other than himself and the money he could make through his actions. Yeah. For once not being a totally selfish guy. Yeah. Good job, DeCroix. Good job. Which is to say, later at some point, I'm just going to skip ahead because this is one of my favorite scenes. Later, he goes on a double date with the Grim Reaper and Sonny and Sonny's friends, and he's a total tool bag. Yeah, he's the worst person. That day, I was so excited for that date to happen. Yes! And then Me I was too. so sad, because even, like, Sonny was frustrating, and then later she kind of revealed, like, I don't want his number to call him. She asks for his number, long story short. And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't want his number to call him for a date. He owns my building. Yeah! Like, she knows that he owns the chicken place, and she's she's clever Sunny, so she's probably going to ask for, like, a discount on rent or something. Yeah. Because she knows how to play him. She knows when a dude falls for her, for her looks. Right, and, and she's going to work it. She's going to work it, like that good Sunny does. She's such a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. She don't need no man, but... If she was going to She likes man, to use them. Uh, yeah. I'm glad that if she chose any man to want, it was the Grim Reaper. Like, she's got great taste. <laughs> great taste. Poor choices. It's not gonna go well, but I'm into it for now. I want to make a new, really, really out there fan theory. I just want to, like, throw it out there. I guess I'm going to make this part of the podcast, like, the prediction <laughs> part of the podcast where Raquel... Uh-huh. Decides to just snowball, just d- throw <laughs> some stuff out there. Yeah. Um, I think that she is the reincarnation of the original, uh, like the really, really beautiful girl that the girl yeah. loved. The princess? Yeah, the princess. I think she's her reincarnation. Interesting. I think that's the significance of the ring. Oh. Because she ends up with the ring, and... Yeah. And she it's almost like she was drawn to it, I guess. And when... There's... Um, when Untak sees the ring, she's like, oh, that's a nice ring, like... Mm-hmm. What a nice ring. It looks ring. really old. Yeah, it looks really old. Yeah. There's one point... That I didn't take good enough notes on. It's, like, brief flashes that I don't know if you're supposed to be putting together puzzle pieces or or what's going on. But it seemed like they were almost hinting at the reincarnation of the king is the Grim Reaper. Yeah, because that could be, like, the really terrible thing that he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think, though, that... Possibly. I think it's more likely that he's the reincarnation of the king, but what if the Grim Reaper was in his life before he was killed and the terrible thing he did? What if he was, like, the right-hand man to Shin Kim- or Kim Shin? That, and then, that killed him in the end? That killed him in the end. And so that's where, like, the really innate kinship comes from, but also why there's so much significance placed on it, because Kim Shin kind of recalls and is like, yeah, a person I never would have expected to run my blade through me did so. Like, 
Yeah. He makes it seem like a betrayal, which he asked for that to happen. Yeah, I feel like that was a really interesting retelling. Right. Where he's he's telling Untak how the blade got there, and we're waiting for him to be like, yes, I asked my best friend to do it because I wanted him to kill me rather than the king. But he's like, oh, it was a betrayal, a backstab, almost. Right. And it's like, that is not the case. I feel like you're I don't remember that. your friend in a poor light. Yeah, I thought he did the right thing by you. Yeah. But, uh, good to know that but a maybe... thousand years in the future, we're remembering it a little bit differently. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's like, maybe they're trying to play up that that was more of a sin. And it's the reason that the Grim Reaper had his memory stolen, and he became a Grim Reaper. Yeah. Oh, there's there's so much to theorize about in this show. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the lore and everything happening is so much more interesting than the romance. Yeah, and I'm into that. Like, I, I guess... The nice part about it is it's giving me time to have all of my fan theories. I'm a crazy person for stuff like that. I enjoy <laughs> predictions. So we'll see how many of these come true. Uh, yeah. Because in episode six, we find out that my one prediction of her not being able to see the sword was not true. She can see it. I was wrong. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She totally goes, goes for that. Yeah. So I guess... That's fair. I already forgot about it, so don't even worry. I'm not going to keep track of any of the fan theories. Our listeners can write them all down and tell us exactly which wrong, which which theories we were wrong about. Yeah, get your get your books out with theories Raquel completely got wrong. <laughs> um. So there's a scene where Kim Shin is leaving notes outside of Untak's door while she's studying that say like, um, are you gonna pull out the blade? Are you gonna are you gonna pull out the blade anytime soon? Like you do you, you study. I know you're busy, but uh if you've got time, just pull out the blade. And I obviously this is a fine scene. I don't really care. She goes down to the kitchen to confront him or something. But his sweater in this scene is just amazing. So nice. They have a couple of times where, so first of all, the Grim Reaper always has my favorite coats, and Kim Shin almost always has my favorite sweaters, and then of course we've got wildcard Dakwa, who's running around with all of the fashions. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, and that sweater says sweater, like, uh, he and she and me, and the he and she are crossed out, so it's just me, and then it says a gender on and the bottom. It's so good. Everyone needs that. That's, Everyone needs that sweater. That's so on point with today's society. I'm so into it. Right? Like, the most progressive sweater I've ever seen. And I'm on board. I am. I think yeah. everyone should have a sweater like that. I thought of five friends that I wanted to buy that sweater for immediately. Right? I just feel like our... Like, a lot of our friends would be so into that, and I want to give mm -hmm. that to them. Yes! It's beautiful. I love it. I just want to shout out 
Shout out to his sweater. Shout out to that sweater for being so progressive and forward thinking. <laughs> Which is so interesting coming from a thousand year old goblin, you know? Right? And then there's the scene where uh, cute little Untak helps the Grim Reaper fold some towels. And it's such a sweet moment because they're slowly becoming best friends and you're so into it. And they talk about the meaning behind her red scarf that she always wears. Yeah. And the Grim Reaper listens like, you know, a friend or a human would do. I feel like he hears her and appreciates her so much more than Kim Shin does. Like as a person instead of just as this kid he's creeping on like he listens to her like you said it it's a really really good moment it's a real conversation and of course kim shin has a come apart and wants to have the attention back on him eyes on kim shin eyes on kim shin folks and he does it in the creepiest way possible and triggers yeah just the weirdest fight where they just that start... ends with him yelling, I am your boyfriend. And then they both leave, thank God. I was like, alright, well you both need to go to bed. Separately. Yeah. Weirdos. Separately. Uh, it's one of those things where you're like, either this is gonna be the turning point of their relationship, and they're, they're gonna like make out right here and right now, and they're f- finally gonna start to talk about things and be normal adults in a normal relationship and they've put a label on it they're ready for the next step or they're gonna do what they always do and run away and be awkward and that's that's what they choose yep that is their path every time because no matter how many times she says i love you she still feels that age gap more than anyone she feels the age gap and he feels the i don't know pretense of murder in their relationship. Right. So they both don't really want it to happen. Neither of them are quite ready for any of the mess that they already are, actually. I mean, honestly. But... Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with them not being ready for it. I'm not ready for the mess that they are, so... I guess as much as the fighting in circles is hard, it's also... Really, really relieving. Because it's, it's not going to happen yet. Yep. Nothing ever happens. Um. So the Reaper then calls Sunny for their date. <gasps> and this... So cute. Like I said, it's one of my favorite scenes in these episodes. That phone call. So cute. And then he's uh, so pure. He's so pure. And she totally doesn't get him at all, but it's okay. But it's okay. She's pretty um clear in right. what she does want and he's Open to suggestions. And, yeah, he needs that. He needs someone to tell him what to do, because he is lost. Yeah. He does not know how to be a human. No. And it's cute. And, um, 
Just shout out to all of their outfits real quick. Just a good old-fashioned rundown. I'd like to start with the Grim Reaper, whose outfit is my favorite outfit. This It's my favorite outfit he has worn so far. Um, it's not black for once? Yeah, it's blue. It's the most beautiful blue I've ever seen. And, He's stunning. And his coat is overwhelmingly nice. Like, it's just such a nice coat. <laughs> They look fantastic. And Dequois is with him, and he's wearing, like, this nice gray turtleneck and this, like, leather trench coat. Yeah. They, again, you would not expect them to go together, but Dequois is in, you know, 3017. Right? He's taking so. risks, and it's paying off? Oh, Dequois. He, I love the girls watching them through the window saying, like, oh. Whoever gets those two is just the luckiest girl in the world. She's really living. And Sunny's like, hell yeah, those are our dates right now. You are welcome. You are welcome. Which is to say that it's the most uncomfortable date because you think they're both falling in love with Dequois because he's uh, pretty, pretty ostentatious. Yeah. And he is not shy about letting people know he's an heir, and for some reason it's like a thing to be a gold digger. And yeah. so... Like, her friend... I don't know. Her friend just kind of sits in the background. Her makeup and... artist. Yeah, her makeup artist. Slash friend. And, um... Dequois goes straight for Sunny and tries to catch her attention, and Sunny is, I don't know, not super casual about accepting his attention pretty openly, which, I don't know. As as you said, you later find out that she's got her reasons. She's right. not attracted to him. Yeah, so but it's like... It ends up it's okay. It's kind of sad for the Reaper at the time. He's so sad, and then he gets rid of them, which sounds foreboding, but he just sends them away using mind control. <laughs> it's only a little freaky. <laughs> and, and she is confused. She doesn't know what he just did. Um, and he just wanted the time with her, and then she immediately is like, what is Dequa's number? And he's like, so sad. So sad, but he gives her his phone, and she sees that her name is so misspelled, and she just giggles and falls more in love with the Grim Reaper, I assume. I assume I would. Because <laughs> he's just, he's just trying so hard. She and, sees that. Yeah, and that's good. Mm -hmm. She's also like, oh, I see that you know a goblin. Yeah, I assume that the name in his phone is just Goblin, yeah. which I think is funny. And she's like, the Goblin I know works at a restaurant, <laughs> and the Grim Reaper is immediately like, well, the Goblin I know isn't employed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, is, this is why they're so good together, because he could just be honestly himself, except that she can't touch him at all, I assume. She'll die if she touches him? No, I think what it is, is whenever he touches a person, he can see their past lives, and oh. he doesn't want to do that, I think. 
I could be wrong, but I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that that's the case, because that, it's like when he said, I have to touch him to know if they're reincarnated this person. Yeah. But, oh, I didn't even put those pieces together. Yeah. I thought she would just die. <laughs> I think Which that's... is to say, my theory came out of nowhere, because he, whenever he collects people, he does not have to, like, murder them. Right. They just... They're already souls out of their bodies, and he's just like, come with me. Yeah, and then they follow him and drink the tea, chase the dragon, yeah. walk up the <laughs> stairs. If you will, take that U-turn back to life. Yep. And this episode ends with the stupid lunch date in the restaurant named Quebec. Yeah. Quebec, the restaurant in Quebec. <laughs> also, I'm so sorry if <laughs> anyone is bothered by us saying Quebec, because I just kind of chose that arbitrarily. I I think it's either Quebec or Quebec. I've heard that it's properly Quebec, but it's not like I heard that and researched it and found out. It's not like I heard it firsthand from someone from Quebec. <laughs> And I oftentimes will slip up and still call it Quebec, so I like to imagine it's interchangeable. It probably yeah. isn't. If you're listening to this and you know definitively what the proper name of or pronunciation of the name is, please let us know because God we're knows. from Utah, so we pronounce pretty much nothing correctly. There's literally a town in our state called Hurricane. Spelled hurricane, pronounced hurricane. So you have to call it hurricane. You have to. You're weird if you don't. So there's Zion National Park that we must refer to as Zion. I I mean I definitely say Zion. Zion. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Emily. She's from Utah. I, I the first time I met Emily, I wondered if she was not from Utah because she said Zion. I can't even say it. Z Zion. 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 <laughs> that's how it's spelled. <laughs> but that's not... I don't know. I don't know. That's, we have stupid accents in Utah. Yeah. They're not thick accents. They're just stupid. Yeah, there's just, like, words that, that so come I'm up. I'm sorry if you're bothered by Quebec and if that's wrong. It's just how uh, we were raised. We were raised to say things stupid. Also, choose. Uh, something else, probably Korean names to get mad about, because yeah. you you could have so much, so many more problems with our pronunciation of all these Korean names. Just constant problems. I feel like every moment that I say Dakwa, I'm saying it so wrong. I'm, yeah. I feel like I'm putting the completely wrong emphasis on the entirely incorrect syllable. Yeah, I pronounce it like D apostrophe Q U A. Yeah. I pronounce it like if he was in America, Dequa. Yeah. Which, I mean, in my mind, just makes him ten times cooler. Right. Not to say, like, Americans are cooler, but just his name as D apostrophe Q U A seems so much cooler. Right? That's so rad. Anyone with an apostrophe in their name is, like, automatically. Just the a cool cat. Right? The raddest. I'm gonna, ch I'm gonna <laughs> put an apostrophe in my name. <laughs> Where? I don't know. R maybe... apostrophe Q-U-E-L. Um, Raquel. Yeah, Raquel. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. There's no room for an apostrophe in my name. I'm okay with it. You could it. be like, Emily. No, don't do that. Don't do it. <laughs> it's how half the people in Utah say my name, Emily. Anyways. Emily. E-M apostrophe L-Y. Emily. <laughs> I'm glad we devoted so much time to this. <laughs> <laughs> it's our podcast. In 15 years, when someone listens to this... Just uh, holler at us and be like, remember how you wasted so much of my time talking about Utah accents? <laughs> remember Thanks when for I that. just wanted to listen to a review podcast and that is not what I got? Yeah, well, uh, we'll clean it up pretty soon. 15 yeah. years from now. 15 years from It'll now. It'll be a way good podcast. Uh, I can only imagine who we are in 15 years. Man, we're going to be so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, alright. So, at the beginning of episode 6, they replay the entire exact scene from the end of episode 5. Which only matters if you're binge-watching it, like we are. Yeah, and then... uh, So, you you get to rewatch, like, a solid, what, 5 to 10 minutes of the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) And then... Um, he decides to be super deliberately deceptive and secretive about the blade, um, because he picks another fight, because, yeah, this is after the time he sees her future and he's sad. So he picks another fight, gets really deceptive and secretive about what the blade even means, um, and then she decides to, like, give a pretty low blow, uh... By making cruel assumptions about his past, because she's like, "What did you betray the king?" And I'm like, "Oh, Whoa. you don't get to be like this." But he also, did how not. did you guess that? Right? Wow. He didn't hitting really, the nail on the head. But he was like, going to kill the king. Yeah, like that's what he was killed for—is betraying the king. But uh, I thought um, he didn't. He betray never did. The king. Oh, right, like, right. Okay. he returned from war, and the king said, you have been accused of treason or something. Sorry and about that why... motorcycle that just drove by. <laughs> You've got, like, a motorcycle gang in your neighborhood. I do, every day. Every day. <laughs> but yeah, so he, he, I don't know, does not choose to clarify what happened. He just says, yep, I have betrayed the king. He's pretty mopey about it. Yeah. And, I mean, she's picking. She's nitpicking, hurting feelings. I think she apologizes for it. She's like, that wasn't fair of me. And I'm like, yeah. Heck and yes, I think it they wasn't cry fair. together. Yeah. And it ends the scene with. I just wrote, she says a whole lot of nonsense because I could not follow no. what she was talking about she, for the rest of the scene. She was a sobbing, crying mess as far as I was concerned as well. Yeah, she had a lot of lines where he was taking them very seriously, and I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, and then she just walks away, because he thought they had come to some kind of resolution, but she was like, no. Yeah, I don't... I don't know what happens at the rest of that scene. I don't know if it's how we've kind of talked about Korea's a very high-context culture, so if it's context driven in this scene but i was 
I did not understand any of her lines. There's a solid chance I just zoned out because I felt like it was probably the same fight they've had about four times. <laughs> it, I mean, essentially it was. And then he gets sad again and goes and talks out with the Grim Reaper, who yeah. immediately... Who goes for that hug? Yeah! So pure! So and pure. then the goblin denies him, and now he'll probably just never offer a hug again. Don't punish good behavior, Kim Shin. <laughs> I do like, it's it's really silly, but he gets his sword out and starts swinging it around really slowly. Right? <laughs> and it's just a what are you doing moment. Like, are Especially because we... I think the Reaper just like sits back down and is like, fine, no hugs. But Kim Shin keeps doing it, like keeps swinging the sword. Right, and the Grim Reaper is entirely unintimidated if the, if the purpose was to either pick a fight or intimidate him. He does not care anymore. He's done with the conversation, so I don't know. It's a little bit comical and a little bit like, uh, y'all are starting to maybe drink too much. I don't know. Like a little worrisome. You guys are a mess. <laughs> and then there's Untak granting another wish for a ghost because her girl squad is slowly going to fall apart and leave her, which is kind of sad. They're the yeah. only friends she really has. Right? And, um, and the ghost wants her to find out what the lottery numbers are and then... Untak gets really weird about the lottery numbers. Yeah. Like, she tells him to the grandma, and the grandma says, I'll go tell him in a dream. But Untak is like, don't worry, I'll buy the tickets for him. And you're like, I don't... Why? Yeah. Because she can't. She's a minor. I don't know why she's so insistent that she has to buy the tickets. It's It's kind of confusing, and it's a long scene for something that doesn't matter very much. Yeah. And then the goblin just says, like, I'll take care of it. I'll grant this wish for the grandma. And which then, is cute. It's very nice of him. Yeah, and then she's in awe, and he's a good guy, and they're friends again. Lasts for ten more minutes. Yeah. And then we see the lady in red again this episode. In the most beautiful coat. That right? I've ever seen. Holy cow! It's so... It's got, like, one button asymmetrically in the middle. Oh, it's gorgeous. She looks so good. She looks so good! I mean, she always does, and we're always gonna talk about it. But she looks dashing. And she's in, like, a children's hospital. And, and I think... She walks past the Grim Reaper on her way to the children's hospital. Yeah, because he's doing And he's wearing his, his hat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she... It seems like she can see him even with his hat on. So you're pretty much guaranteed at this point that she's more mythical than right. you're sure of. Like, you're pretty sure. But now you're about 100% sure. And then she seems to heal the kid. Yeah, and it... I'm trying to figure out, and I know that it's all supposed to be very cryptic and mysterious, but I'm still trying to figure out what she is. Maybe by mm -hmm. the next episode I'll have a, a new fan theory. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's... I don't... Yeah, I'm not willing to make guesses at this point. Because she's just neat and yeah. running around in the background a lot. She's just a really complicated character. Yeah, really interesting to watch. And just another beautifully dressed model to watch. Yeah. So I'm into it. And she whacks past the Grim Reaper while he's waiting for a blind man to cross the street. You don't think much of it until the next scene. When he's doing his job and this blind man comes in. And remember earlier in the episode when we were talking about how usually when I say, like, I cried, it's hyperbole. Or if we say we cried, it was a tear. Or, like, it was just... Like, a hard moment is like, oh, we cried. No, I sobbed. Openly. I sobbed, I'm pretty sure to the point where Jason heard me. And I was like, calm it down, Emily. (laughs) Keep it inside. Don't wake the neighbors. Conceal, (laughs) don't feel. I was actually sobbing at this part. Because it is so beautiful. It is unbelievably beautiful and it introduces the winner of like so much the winner of the bus stop girl award that i'm willing to change it to the happy award (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's a whole new category now it's uh so the blind man drinks his tea and then walks through the door to go to the afterlife and his his dog is waiting there for him his dog named Happy to guide him into the afterlife and the Grim Reaper says he felt so guilty about leaving you so before it was your time to go and so he waited for you all this time and he's the goodest boy he is such a good boy (laughs) I'm not crying you're crying (laughs) We're all crying. Oh my god. We're all crying. Um, if you if you didn't cry at this scene, just never listen to our podcast again. Because you're not human. You're I, not with us. You're not with us. And if you're not with us in this, you're against us. <laughs> oh, that's... I feel like every scene with the Grim Reaper is just getting better and Progressively better. Progressively more and more amazing. Like... I would watch this show if it was all, if it was just, if it became touched by an angel, and it was just this dead guy helping these beautiful people pass on to the next life. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is to say, they they sprinkle it throughout with scenes of, I think before the blind man goes, it's, it's a montage of the tea shop. Where the Grim Reaper, first he's with a couple, and the girl splashes her tea in the man's face. Yeah. And the Grim Reaper's eyes get really wide, and my eyes get really wide. Like, I don't know what that means. She just threw the tea away. I don't even know if he knows what it means. Yeah. And they don't explain it. It clearly doesn't matter very much. But then I think there's just another woman that drinks her tea like a normal person, and then the blind man. So they've got a few scenes in there to sprinkle it out where you know this Grim Reaper is not only taking the purest people from this world. Yeah, he's got some garbage humans. 
But the ones they spend time on are the ones that rip your heart out. Yep. And just leave it there, beating only for these scenes. So, welcome welcome to the Happy Awards, people. I guess we could just have an awards show, because I feel like Happy is not the same as Bus Stop Girl. They can just be different awards, like different categories. We can have the Happy Awards and we can have the Bus Stop Girl Awards. Bus Stop Girl Awards being like... because there was a little girl a lot earlier in the show when um, Untak is in the library researching goblins. There's a little girl that walks up to her and says, like, you're too old to be in the children's section. But then she's like, this book is a really good book on goblins. I, I think this one will help you out a lot. And I was like, she seems like a nominee for Bus Stop Girl Award. Right, and then maybe like the doctor who gave his life to save his patients is like a happy award situation. Yeah. So <laughs> we've got we'll just have we'll just have multiple awards now. I don't think anyone will ever win the happy award though. No, I think I happy just say, after takes- this show. Like, like the doctor is a nominee, Happy takes the Happy Awards forever. Yeah. So we'll just stick, we'll stick with Bust Up Girl Award, and hopefully every show will have a good boy good enough for the Happy Award. I don't know, I guess G-Woong might have won the Happy Award. Oh yeah, he's definitely like up there for the Happy Awards, I think, because he's that level of purity. Um, so... We can jump to the last scene pretty soon here. I think the last thing I wanted to touch on was kind of a funny part where Secretary Kim picks up Untak from school and she's talking to the loan sharks and they get into a fight between themselves, which was explained by earlier. It it shows it in a flashback why they're doing that. Yeah. But it's interesting because Secretary Kim walks up and he... Untak asks him why he knows they're loan sharks, and he's like, oh, it's because I was a loan shark. Right? Like, he just... And it just piques my interest. I just want to know who Secretary Kim is now. Like, who are you? What did... What... Who are you? Who are you? I don't know what you do now. I don't know what you did in the past. I want to know more about this guy. Right? Even she's like, oh, he's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) I love because she then has to ride home with him and she tries to talk up Decois and say like, oh, he's he's such a good boy. He's been really nice to me. And Secretary Kim's just like, huh, huh. And she kind of falls quieter and quieter like, oh, uh, maybe he knows Decois a little better than I anticipated and right? does not believe any of my crap. Like, ah, uh, you tried. You tried to help Daquois out. You tried. Yeah. He, you can't help a guy who's not going to help himself. But, gosh. Just Secretary Kim. I just want to know more about this guy. Let's start a storyline with him. Yeah, so like, that... give me more of... Get, let me see into his past. If we're going to be looking into let people's have... pasts. Yeah, let me have more side characters that we can focus on, because I'm still so done with the main main characters. Yep. <laughs> and then um, Kim Shin makes his death preparations, which is pretty darn sad. Yeah, it like, gets He talks dark. to the grandpa. Yeah. He 
gives Decroix a credit card and pats him on the head, just like, and talk taught him to, like a human. Yep. And it's really cute, like, my boy leaving leaving my son. Like he, he gives the Reaper the deed to the house in a very comical scene. Yeah. <laughs> The, because the, the Reaper, Reaper just, can't figure out how phones work. He struggles, and it it was what that scene needed to lighten things up. Yeah. Because it was sad. It was so and sad. And then he acts like a mysterious weirdo for, like, five days around in talk. Yeah. Yeah, he gets real weird and keeps saying, tomorrow. Tomorrow you'll pull the sword out. No, tomorrow you'll pull the sword out. Today keeps... I have to walk you home from school. Yeah! Like, walking you home from school is really nice. Watching you um, sit in this chair is really nice. Uh, it's it's like a he keeps like mysteriously just walking up to her and saying, doing this is really nice. And she's like, uh, thanks. <gasps> There's a cat in my yard. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's a good omen. Free cat. <laughs> uh, anyways, then it comes to the last scene where he takes her to the flower field that you know is the one that he was murdered in so many years ago. Or I guess he wasn't murdered there. He was left to die there. Yeah. So that's where he died. Um, And she's like is this where you got the flowers and he's like this is where i got the flowers and she's like all right are you ready and he's oh it's kind of awkward pretty it's pretty touching they do it well enough where she's not too oblivious and because he's kind of saying goodbye and she's kind of like um cool 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 bro uh so you want me to pull the sword out now yeah. Like, she's pretty oblivious as to what's going to happen when she pulls it out. Because he has been very deceptive about that. So he's he's saying goodbye, and then you're ready. You're ready for the final moments. And it's one of those things where it's a K-drama, and you, you know it's 16 episodes long, and you're only six episodes in, so you're pretty sure they're not going to off the main character. Yeah. I mean... It but they be, built it up a lot. Yeah, and I'm sure they'd figure out some way to bring him back if they offed him, so you're not worried. But it's confusing. Yeah. There's a lot of buildup. So she tries to pull the sword out, and she can't. And, like, she literally can't even grasp it. And Yeah, I thought it would be, like, a sword in the stone kind of moment. Like, that was my guess. Yeah, where it's like, guess. Uh, uh, oh no. Uh, it's not going to budge. Yeah. So it's interesting how they played it. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I just... I feel like... Kind of like you said, it just... It wasn't necessarily surprising that she couldn't pull it out. They were certainly surprised. And maybe, like, my lackluster response to this scene just has to do with my feelings toward them, but I was like, all right, moving yeah. along. <laughs> and then they throw in a kiss that's... I don't know, I'm so into the first kiss, typically. Like, I'm stoked 
for Sunny and Grimm's first kiss. Oh, it's am... gonna be episode 19 after the show ends. Yeah, it'll but... be like, who knows when they'll let Never. that resolve, but yeah. Um, this is not a good one, in my opinion. No. Could be because it feels like watching a kid kiss her dad. <laughs> <laughs> but also it, I don't know, it doesn't feel romantic at all she even says like oh um maybe this is how i pull the sword out and then she kisses him and he's he's doing the eyes open in shock thing yeah it's that thing where like when one person is more affected by the kiss than the other then it's kind of sad but also like her eyes are scrunched shut like it's like she's forcing herself to do it and he's just in shock and between the two of them, I'm like, all right. Yeah, you're just... They they end it there, kind of like a cliffhanger, but you kind of expect it to come back with her finishing the kiss and then trying to pull the sword out again, and then them just leaving. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows how they'll decide to wrap that up. If you watch I know the, it won't uh, be that. If you watch the... Um, Next time on. Yeah, then you can get the next five episodes worth of spoilers, so <laughs> technically I do know at least some things, but... But I don't expect it to be him closing his eyes and wrapping his arms around her and getting into the kiss and them just having a real first kiss moment. I expect it to be a little bit weird and a little bit lackluster. Yeah, I imagine it'll just be super awkward, like how they yelled at each other. He said he was her boyfriend, and then they hid from each other for like two days. So so this is a fun game. Yeah. This is why we're so not into the show, guys. You have to help us get back into it. Please, someone help Please. us understand why they're doing this. Why we're supposed to be in love with this show, which is to say... We started this show because a good friend recommended it, and she said she watched it when she was a kid in Puerto Rico. Not Peru. So we thought this was... Uh, what? Peru. Peru? Mm-hmm. Dang it. Peru. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Allie. So, um, we thought this was that show, and apparently this one came out, like, last year? Yeah, so I don't think that's it, because Allie has lived in the U.S. for a while. I don't know, maybe... Oh. she And she told me it was old, so... Is there another goblin, guys? Is it? Because uh, we googled it, and there's not another show named Goblin. Yeah, they're keeping it on the sure. DL if there is another show called Goblin. Which is not on the internet. Yep. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so that's where we started this, and now we have to finish it, and I'm not stoked, but it's it's going okay. It's very well done. Probably much more enjoyable than a Goblin show that was made in, like, the 90s. Yeah. Who knows? But we'll see. Yeah. Apparently this one was not recommended to us like we thought. Yeah. So we or just if it is the it same one, hat. then I really misunderstood what Allie was saying to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, uh, let us know what you guys think of it so far. How are you enjoying it? 
are you also just watching it for the Grim Reaper? Because that's where I'm at. Yeah, he's my sun and stars. I like this whole show is about him for me. We have a comment section on playonk.com. You can go and listen to all our episodes and comment on them individually, which you can also do on iTunes. Our podcast is Play on K. You can leave comments and subscribe. You can Get also... Get subscribers. <laughs> Please. We could really use a couple of those. Um, and then you also can hit us up at our email. Uh, it's called... It's playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or tweet at us, at PlayOnK. Yeah, and uh, just let us know how you're feeling, what you're thinking. Uh, let us know if we're being way too critical. I think I said the same thing last week. I just feel like I'm being real critical, but I feel like I have my reasons. But if you feel like I, I need to chill, let me know, and let me know why you think it's the best. Yeah, yeah, we want to know why other people love it. Um, if you want to spoil it for us, at this point we'll probably just read the spoilers, so just send us an email where yeah. the subject line is spoilers, and we'll be like, okay, this is probably going to reveal why we should like this show. So um, I'm down to read it. Usually I wouldn't read a spoiler email. Yeah, but, but at I, this point, I just want to know. Totally would read a spoiler for this one. Um, also, maybe this will be fun. If you are watching it along with us and you want to make some predictions with me, or if you think my predictions are real dumb, <laughs> let us know. Yeah. Hit us up. One of those, one of those places. And as always, our theme song was by James Hevel. Whoop, whoop. Ooh, ooh. And thank you so much. Thank you, James. And I think we're out. Yeah. Bye. We will see you guys oh. next week with episodes seven and eight. Yes. Of Goblin. For Goblin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this time for real. Okay. Bye. Bye. Pop.